Hi there, and welcome to K-pop for old people. My name is Norm. My name is Ari. And I'm an old person. I am not. Very good. So, since this is K-pop for old people, we're going to talk about K-pop. Mm-hmm. Who are we going to talk about this week? We're going to talk about G-Idol. G-Idol, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we talk about G-Idol, what's new with you? Uh, not much, really. Just kind of doing the normal stuff. Yeah. Just the usual routine. Yeah. I get that. It has not been the usual routine for me mm. because I just got back from a uh, trip that I took with my band to a big music festival yeah. where we performed a lot and we had a lot of fun. Uh, but I am very tired now. Uh, and you can probably hear from my voice because I did a lot of shouting and singing and things that have made my voice very low and... Uh, a little rough. Mm -hmm. But one thing I also did was when I was sitting in the airport waiting for my flight home today, I watched some K-pop videos. Yeah. Specifically ones from the group Red Velvet, which we discussed last week. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would like to react to some of them now as we do. Yeah. So the first Red Velvet song I listened to is Red Flavor. Mm Mm-hmm. The thing that stuck out to me about that song initially was the uh, when they actually say Red Flavor in the song. It's not the group saying Red Flavor. It, it's like a voice, but it's not the voice of one of the yeah members of the group. It's like a, a weird like, like AI kind of voice. Yeah, it it sounds like it sounds like the kind of voice that an AI would make if it was trying to make a human voice, but it. Wasn't you know, quite there. Yeah, you, you know how like you see those pictures where like that an AI created where it looks like a person, but then you look at the hands and the hands are all weird. Yeah, it's like that except the voice. Nobody can really draw hands very well, except for like really, really talented artists. Hands and feet are hard to draw. Yeah, just ask Rob Liefeld, creator of Deadpool. <laughs> He's not good at drawing feet. It's a thing. Okay. Search it on the internet, you'll see it. <laughs> anyway. uh yeah, so it just it was weird the way that that came out. I'm sure it was an intentional, you know, yeah. choice, but I just it sounded weird to me. Yeah. Uh and then the video for that song is also weird. Yeah. At least I think so because it seemed to me my interpretation of it at least was that the theme of the video or whatever, the story of the video is it looked like all of the members of the group were I guess giving a job interview to a giant fruit yeah it's very weird why would you need to give a job interview to a giant fruit what is that pineapple gonna do for you other than for you to eat it that is a great question and it would seem like the fruit would be sentient so it would be maybe unethical yeah to eat it and also it's very large and probably able to defend itself much larger than any of the girls in the group. I mean, yeah, the pineapples have, like, the big spikes so they could headbutt you. Pineapples as a fruit generally are surprisingly aggressive for an inanimate <laughs> object. Yeah. Um, they do their best to fight back, both with their pointiness and the fact that they're very acid, and so they try to digest you while you are eating them. <laughs> but also just so delicious. Yeah. So, sorry, pineapples. It's We're like, humans, we win. It's like how peppers evolved to be spicy so people wouldn't eat them, but people eat them because they're spicy. Yeah, that backfired. Yeah. 
Nice try, evolution. Mm. Even bell peppers people still eat, and they're not spicy. Not at all, and yeah. I eat them regularly. But one could argue that because we now cultivate these plants for our use, that we have made them thrive much more than they would have in the wild. So yeah. I guess they win after all. Nature wins in the end every time. That's not really K-pop related, though. Not whatsoever. <laughs> Anyway, back to red flavor. So it seemed like each member of the group had a specific fruit assigned to them wonder, or like associated with them. I wonder how they like chose different fruits for each other. Like, did the person themselves choose them? They just randomly picked? Yeah, that is a good question. I kind of wondered that as well. Like, in what way did they find themselves associating with these fruits? Or maybe, maybe the video director is just like... Guess what? You're talking to some grapes today, so <laughs> do your best to look like you're having a conversation with a fruit. Yeah, so I guess I don't know. I mean, that song was okay, but I guess it didn't really it didn't really knock my socks off. Mm. The song that did knock my socks off, so to speak, <laughs> was the next song I listened to, which is Russian Roulette. Yeah, that of all the songs I listened to is hands down my favorite Red Velvet song. Mm. I I did enjoy that one. Do you like it better than Get Up? Oh no, <laughs> no no. Um, and and I should like in the ongoing saga of me and New Jeans, I should say, <laughs> like Get Up is great, but I don't know if it's the association with the video specifically. But I think my my New Jeans jam <laughs> might be cool with you. Ooh. But to be fair, I also had a. Uh, Super shy stuck in my head the other day, but mm. that I, we already talked about that. I could teach you some choreography if you want. Well, maybe we'll have to try that out. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about new jeans anymore. Yes. We're talking about Red Velvet currently mm -hmm. on our way to G-Idol, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so Russian Roulette. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that song. Uh, it kind of hooked me right from the beginning when it comes in and it's got sort of a chiptune vibe. Yeah. Like sort of a like a video gamey kind of quality to it um, throughout, I guess, you know, sort of a synthesized sound. And I like video games, so I think that's part of what I liked about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's a catchy tune, but also, like, it's got some of those chord changes in there that I like, you know, like, I want to be clear, I'm not saying it's a Yacht Rock song. It's definitely not a Yacht Rock song, but it has some sort of yachty sort of chord changes. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Yeah, I listened to the um, instrumental version of... And mixes roller coaster, and I, I heard what you were talking about with the yacht rockiness. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that you recognize that because, like, I mean, it adds a layer of interest that doesn't necessarily happen. Like, like in Red Flavor, for example, it was just like a pretty straightforward pop song that, like, that's why it didn't really stand out to me. It sounds like a, yeah. a lot of other songs that it didn't really distinguish itself from, but. Mm. So those were kind of the things that I noticed when I was just listening to it. And then I watched the video. But when I went to watch the video on YouTube and searched it up, I noticed that there was a video pointing out that that song, uh, Russian Roulette, had been used in the motion picture Trolls World Tour. Yeah. Which is not a motion picture I have seen. Yeah. I was aware that they played the K-pop Trolls, but I didn't remember them like actually playing the song. Yeah, they because I watched the video, and it was the clip of that part of the movie, 
in which the K-pop trolls were having a dance-off with um, some other trolls uh, of a different style. I think maybe reggaeton trolls? Don't quote me on that. Again, I haven't seen the movie, and I watched like a 30-second video yeah. earlier today when I was very tired in a, in airport. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in the course of the dance-off, what the K-pop trolls were dancing to was like a 30-second clip of uh, Russian roulette, Yeah, which I think was a good choice. Yeah. Because as I've said, I, this is my favorite uh, Red Velvet song of the limited sample size that I have. Yeah. But... When I actually watched the video, there were a few things that stood out to me there yeah. from like the visuals of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was so let me actually back up and say like the theme or the like concept of the video was uh, red velvet trying to murder people, <laughs> but Mur- like like the other members. Yeah, like, but not like they they weren't showing murder. Like I should also say like when we talked about red velvet in the past and and you mentioned that they had sort of a sort of a sinister yeah vibe like i guess in my head what i had imagined from that was that they're like more goth but yeah that couldn't be further from the truth yeah like, they're, they're very colorful very colorful and bright and not at all like dark and dreary um yeah but like you said, there is sort of a, like a spookiness, mm-hmm. not in a not in a goth way, but like in more of a like something's off here kind yeah. of way. Because like even in the video when they they're doing all the regular K-pop video stuff where they're dancing and they're singing and and when they're showing those parts of it, um, everybody's smiling and and you know, yeah, being all like, uh, normal. I guess. I guess normal is a word you could use. <laughs> Uh, but then, like, there's the scenes where they never show anybody being killed. Of course, that would be over the top. But yeah. they do show, like, the setup. Yeah. Like, like they imply that they exactly. got killed. Like, they show, like, a refrigerator dangling over someone's head. And then, like, it's going to be released, but they don't show, like, anybody actually getting squished. Yeah, like, right before it hits the ground yeah, or something. Yeah, they cut away. Same thing. Like, they're pushing somebody into traffic but they cut away before the car hits anybody or anything. They also had clips in there of a cartoon cat and mouse doing similar, like trying to kill each other kind of things, which looked very much like itchy and scratchy from the Simpsons. Yeah. The cartoon inside of a cartoon. Yeah. So like for those who aren't aware, itchy and scratchy is the cartoon that the Simpsons children, the characters and the Simpsons watch yeah, on TV. And it's sort of like a parody of violent cartoons in the way like the Looney Tunes would be that there was like a, a lot of comedic violence or like Tom and Jerry had comedic violence where like, you know, like they set off a bomb and instead of like them actually dying, they like turned into dust. Right. Yeah. Like nobody ever suffered any permanent damage but and then, like a minute later they're back again yeah so like on the simpsons itchy and scratchy would try to kill each other and often do so in very graphic ways but, yeah um but but the ones in this video they weren't exactly itchy and scratchy they looked very like it was clear that they made it that way to imply like to refer to itchy and scratchy but like different enough that they wouldn't get sued yeah 
And like the other creepy thing that I thought was when they're showing the members of Red Velvet planning their killings, they have like these completely emotionless, expressionless faces that are yeah. like creepier than if they, like you would think if they were like trying to kill each other over like a boy or whatever. They'd have like kind of a sinister face or they something. They would be like angry at each other or something like that, but they're like, it's way creepier that they show like no emotion whatsoever. But, like I think it would definitely be better if they were doing like the really wide uncanny smile while staring directly at the camera with no blinking cuz that's just weird. That's not very normal for humans. Indeed. Cuz it's like they're smiling yeah, but there's just something kind of off about it. And also they're staring directly in the camera and then like pushing somebody into the traffic. Yeah. I think now that I think about it it's like sort of a spectrum, right? Like if you were angry at someone and trying to kill them and they showed it that way, that would be sort of understandable. Yeah. And But when it's like emotionless, it makes it almost like robotic and, yeah. uh, and uncanny in a way. And then like if you went as far as that where they're smiling and seem almost happy about it, then that like yeah. goes over into like sort of an evil. Yeah. Evil and, like, these guys are maniacs. Right, that might be a little too far. Yeah. But I agree that it would be super creepy. Yeah. And then there's one other thing I noticed in the video that I wanted to mention, because I'm an old person, which is that (laughs) at some point they show them playing this string-based game, Cat's Cradle, Mm, which I just mentioned because I'm an old person, and so I used to play that when I was young because (laughs) there weren't as many things to entertain yourself with, so you had to play with string. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know how to play Cat's Cradle? No. I think I tried to show you kids when you were younger, but you didn't have the motor, fine motor skills yet to yeah. master it yet. So maybe we'll try that again sometime mm. when we're not entertained by everything around us. Yeah. Also have some string handy. So anyway, uh, I, I did enjoy Russian Roulette. Yeah. The next song that I listened to not technically a red velvet song Mm -hmm. 28 reasons yes that is a solo song yes and you can remind me of what her name is solgi thank you (laughs) part of it is that i didn't write it down and part of it is i remember that even if i had written it down i probably wouldn't have pronounced it correctly anyway yeah i found that one interesting because as a solo song like it gives people the freedom to like express their individuality right yeah and this one was a little gothier yeah it was a little darker like literally like muted colors gray yeah monochrome and occasionally red yeah i mean that's kind of their thing right they got to get the red in there (laughs) yeah right there in the name but like for being called red velvet i have been seeing like kind of a more blueiness in them i guess like in their color schemes Uh, yeah like Mm. i just see a lot more blue than i see red well this is a little bit of a tangent but i also i didn't listen to the whole song but i did watch a little bit of the video for zim's alabim oh yes because i was telling you about the you mentioned outfits like how that are just it's just so bad how much it like it it angered you yeah these outfits so i had to see like how these outfits looked that made you so mad and i watched it i watched part of it honestly i didn't watch it the whole way through 
but um, enough to see the outfits they were wearing, and I thought, okay, I understand why you, a person who has a very specific sense of style, didn't care for these outfits. Yeah. To me, they didn't make me angry, but, I mean, it's not something I would have worn necessarily. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was that was just an aside. Back to 28 Reasons. Yeah. One thing I wanted to note about that was uh, not only did we not find out all 28 reasons, I don't think we heard a single reason. Yeah. Also, the first line in that song is, I kiss your brother, which is just kind of a weird line, Cause especially if they're like singing to their ex-lover or just lover in general. Yeah. I suppose it could be like a, yeah, that's just a kind of a thing. Yeah, kind of a weird line in general. Yeah. So, I mean, it was an okay song. I have noticed that when I listen to the solo songs from some of the groups we talk about, they definitely are making a conscious choice to be stylistically distinct. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. There's some bands who, like, when the lead singer goes solo or whatever, it just sounds like the same band. Yeah, except there's only one of them. Right. I like it when you can see why they chose to go solo. Yeah. Other than just to make all the money and not have to split it five ways. <laughs> and then you also mentioned how at the end of the video, there was a message, I guess. Yeah. A paragraph of text, which it does not stay on the screen long enough for you to read. You could pause So I definitely video. did pause it. Yeah. I went back and so I could read it. I actually wrote it all down because I thought, I would like to discuss it a little bit, <laughs> yeah, if you're willing. Sure. Um, so I will recite what I wrote down at the end of the video. It's after the song. Yeah. It's just a black screen with red text because red. I guess. Uh, That's also kind of the color scheme of the thing. It says, good and evil people are not clearly distinguished. Good and evil coexist within one person, even if one seems good greed and temptation always exist together inside we simply try to resist from being captivated by evil Ooh. yeah thoughts it's pretty cool i guess what do you think's cool about it i mean it's just i don't know it's pretty cool <laughs> i don't really know how to describe how it's cool okay well i guess my takeaway from it initially was i don't disagree with the first part at least like I don't think that anybody is completely good or completely evil. Yeah. Everybody's got good things and bad things about them. I, I'm not a person who subscribes to the concept of like an evil person generally. You know, people make good choices and people make bad choices, but like everybody's yeah. making choices based on what their own desires are, which I guess speaks to the next part about mm -hmm. having greed and temptation and that we try to resist it. So like, I guess... On the surface, it seems like they're saying it's normal to have thoughts. It's it's normal to have like immoral thoughts, maybe, but yeah, it's how you act that matters. Yeah, I agree with that. But the way that they frame it, it makes it seem more like uh, it's a little bit more focused on the evil than the good. Yeah, still wish I knew what the twenty eight reasons were, though. Yeah, the twenty eight reasons for what too, or of what? If I recall correctly from the lyrics, is that she said something about 28, 28 reasons, reasons to run away to run away but like i said the, when we talked about it last time there's lots of songs 
where they have a number of things and they don't enumerate that number of things. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that I didn't find out the 28 reasons. Yeah, earlier I saw your notes and I saw 28 problems scratched out and then reasons. Yeah, because it made me think of 99 problems. Yeah. Okay, so the last song from Red Velvet that I listened to was Birthday. Mm-hmm. And that one kind of took me by surprise. First of all, I'm not surprised that it's a song about a birthday because yeah, from a strictly commercial point of view, if you can write a song about a birthday or about Christmas or about some other kind of like annual occurrence, a holiday, a mm-hmm. anniversary, whatever, and that song breaks through, mm-hmm. then you're going to be making money every year for the rest of your life because... <laughs> People are going to listen to that song on birthdays or, I mean, birthdays even better than Christmas because like yeah. Christmas songs you'll hear for like one month out of the year. But people birthdays, have birthdays every day yeah. of the year. So you could be... And multiple people have the same birthdays. Yeah. So from that perspective, like pro tip to aspiring songwriters, write a song about a birthday and if you can make it work... That could be your meal ticket for a while, but... Speaking of birthdays and K-pop, a little fun fact about me is I know how to sing happy birthday in Korean. Oh, that's always good. Well, yeah. that's the thing, though, right? Is that there already exists, like, the dominant yeah, like birthday the song. song. happy birthday, or whatever yeah. it's supposed to be called. <laughs> it, I believe it's called happy birthday. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get into the history of it, it was originally <laughs> called good morning to you. Hmm. But, or it might be called happy birthday to you. That might be the full title. Don't fact check me on that. Or do, but don't write me. Yeah. Well, write me, but not about that. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, the song itself um, took me off guard right from the beginning because it starts out with a sample of a recording of Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, Mm. uh, which is a song that everybody's heard probably a million times. Never occurred to me to be the hook for a pop song, though. Um, I don't recognize that song by name. You don't recognize... No. Well, okay, so that's fair. You might not recognize it by name. I mean, it's a whole orchestral piece. Yeah. So Gershwin, I happen to know a little bit about, <laughs> if you'll indulge me. Um, so Rhapsody in Blue was, I think, debuted in the late 20s or early 30s, 1920s or 30s, I mean, of course, and it was a time when jazz had just sort of become established as the dominant popular form of music, mm-hmm. but it was very much looked down upon still by classical musicians. Yeah. And so George Gershwin wrote a ton of songs that people, at least people of my age would know, but are just like considered standards. So like fascinating rhythm I'm trying to think of other song titles off the top of my head. There, there's like uh, a bunch of them, but I'm not going to stress my brain to think of them all right now. But like Fascinating Rhythm, for example, is considered such a jazz standard that the chord changes for Fascinating Rhythm are like referred to uh, by jazz musicians. If they want to like just jam on something or just improvise over something, then they might say, let's do rhythm changes, which is like, we're just going to use the chord changes from the song, Fascinating Rhythm, and then uh, improvise over the top of that. So it's like, it's he's mm-hmm. a really big deal in the jazz world. But even bigger than that was the fact that he wanted to 
combine the schools of thought of jazz and classical. So he wrote this piece for a classical orchestra called Rhapsody in Blue. Mm. Um, blue referring to like the blues, you mm -hmm. know, the style of music. And uh, it's one of the songs that's featured in the Disney movie Fantasia. Mm. And so like, I don't know, it just seemed like an odd choice for a sample for a... Uh, K-pop song. Yeah. Or any pop song, for that matter. Yeah. And it's not just that intro. Like, that same motif theme mm -hmm. comes back throughout the song, like, in the choruses and stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. When I heard that, it made me think of the Fantasia thing. Yeah. Because I've seen that so much. Because I'm pretty sure that was one of my favorites out of them. Yeah. But, yeah, for some reason, that song also scared me at the same time, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I can I can see how that might be. It is It goes a lot of places, and especially when you pair it with, like, in Fantasia with all of the different yeah. visuals. But in terms of a song about a birthday, it's kind of weird because, like, yeah. it doesn't talk about the birthday so much as, as it just, like, refers to the fact that a birthday exists, mm -hmm. not, like, saying happy birthday to you. I mean, it's like they talk about... I think getting lit or whatever, you know, which is, I suppose, a birthday thing to do if you're a... Of age, I guess. A, yeah. A person of a particular age, which is older than you and younger than me. Yeah. Um, but like in the video, they're not doing anything specifically birthday related. They're more fighting against big, weird monsters. Yeah. And there's all sorts of strange things going on in there, which, you know, like... From a like sort of surrealist perspective, I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, there's a giant kitty cat. Yeah. It looked like they were trying to reference Edward Scissorhands in there. <laughs> yeah. Are you familiar with Edward Scissorhands? Yes. Okay. I don't think you've probably seen that movie. Have no. You? Okay. I don't think I will. Maybe I don't know. Eh, I don't know. It's fine. It's an early Tim Burton movie. Movie. But yeah. But the other thing that stuck out to me about that video was like. There was another scene in which the five of them were standing in a pentagram of like candles. <laughs> and we just talked about that happening yep. a little bit ago in, uh, what was it? It was a uh, La Seraphim video. Um, when did that happen in a La Seraphim video? It was, uh, what song? it was in the Japanese version of Unforgiven. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Because the Korean version was Western themed and the Japanese version seemed more witchcraft themed. <laughs> and I said that it looked like a scene from the movie The Craft from the 90s. Which I have not seen. Which you have not seen. Yeah. But um, it's about teenagers who try to be witches. I, I mean, they succeed in being witches, spoiler alert, but like, <gasps> it's not that big of a spoiler because it's called The Craft. It's yeah. about witchcraft. I'm pretty sure I've recently was being criticized, I guess, for like their new teasers for their new album and like songs like that. I was criticized for apparently copying Red Velvet's birthday. So there are some similarities in the teaser and the birthday music video. Similarities, like visual similarities? Uh, yeah. Or usually song. visuals. Oh, okay. Well, you know, parallel thinking, but. I guess I'll have to wait until I maybe see that video yeah. to make any judgments. Anyway, we talked a long time about Red Velvet. Yeah. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about G-Idol. Mm -hmm. So tell me about G-Idol. 
the first thing that I want to say is like a lot of people just say idol, which I think is wrong because, um, well, G Idol themselves have said G Idol, and also what's the G for if it's not supposed to be pronounced? Because like the G has a meaning, the whole name has like a meaning. Oh, because okay. in Korean it technically technically be yoja idol because yoja is girl in korean so it's technically girl idol because i've written down what the name means uh hit me yeah yeah the g is for girl i the i is like individual and like their individuality and like they're different people Mm -hmm. and the the dle aka dole (laughs) is uh korean suffix for like plural so all of them have different personalities, but oh, they're so. all like one thing, I guess, but right. they all um, have their yeah, own that makes personalities. Sense. So like they're individuals, but they're also a group. Yeah. That are, you know, have a common goal or whatever. Yeah. They share a identity in that way. And also another thing is like people spell it just like G-I-D-L-E. Yeah. But you're actually supposed to write it down as in parentheses G, then I hyphen D-L-E. Oh, there's a hyphen in there too. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because that the like separates that the I, me. meaning like me. Right, and then do you think that's also like a pun on idol, like a K-pop idol? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, that would make sense to me. But they have five members uh, from oldest to youngest. There, Mion, Minnie, Soyeon. Uh, <laughs> This uh, thing about this, it's their name. Her name is spelled because it's a girl group. Her name is spelled Y U Q I. So tell me how you think that's pronounced. So that's a good question. As I've stated before, I don't know anything about Korean. She's not Korean. Okay, is okay. she Chinese? Um, let me see what I put down in my notes. Uh, yes, she is Chinese. Okay, so that gives me a little bit of a clue because I don't know hardly anything about Chinese either, but I know yeah. a little bit and I know enough that I have an understanding that the Romanized letter Q <laughs> is supposed to represent the sort of CH sound when spoken. So mm-hmm. spell it again for me. Uh, Y-U-Q-I. So my guess would be Yuchi. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Oogie. Oogie. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's so funny asking people how they think it's pronounced and they just say something like Yuki or what you just said. Yeah. But they're wrong. It's just funny trying to see people pronounce it. Because uh, it's kind of a difficult name. Yeah, it is. And Even also, though it's only four letters. Uh, I mean, I'm sure she's a lovely person yeah. and, and I don't want to uh, criticize her name because... I'm sure it's a lovely name mm-hmm. and it probably has a very lovely meaning. I'm not trying to say that it's a silly name. It sounds a little silly to me, but that's because yeah. I have a certain association with. So I'm a fan of terrible movies. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of good movies as well. But yeah. I, I'm a fan of both ends of the spectrum. And yeah. I have seen a movie uh, called The Oogie Loves, <laughs> which is a exceptionally terrible movie. Yeah. Um, Sometimes the reason why it's so good is because it's terrible. Yeah, uh, precisely. It's like with the quality of the Gremlins in the Gremlins movie. Yeah. They're kind of kind of bad, but they're, it's a really popular movie. Interesting that you made that particular choice. but I don't um, 
no why no that's fine like uh, it's interesting to hear your perspective because like uh when that movie came out of course that was like about as good as you could yeah make a gremlin look but also that's like my standards from now where there's like really advanced cgi and like dinosaurs and stuff yeah there's been dinosaurs for a long time now and, yeah. and now you can make almost anything look real i bet if like you showed somebody from like when movies were first like invented and like actually popular i guess if you showed them a movie from today they would like have a heart attack or something yeah i mean especially like you hear the stories of the uh, the people seeing the very original screening of films when it you know they were like 30 seconds long because that's as much film as they could expose at one time and, yeah and you know there's the story about the film of the train coming at the screen and then people got scared because it looked so real that they yeah. thought an actual train was gonna hit them <laughs> anyway back to g idol yeah um the last member which i forgot to mention was a uh, shu hua who's um most of them are actually like over half because you can't really split five and half without cutting a person in half but that's not good you shouldn't cut people in half you probably <laughs> shouldn't cut people at all unless you're yeah. like a licensed surgeon yeah unless you're like doing surgery or something like that um but uh the foreign members are Minnie, who's from thailand oogie from china and uh Hua from taiwan oh okay but so yeah they're from all over east asia yeah um, but the rest of them are South Korean. Sure. They actually have an ex-member who I believe was kicked out for, like, bullying reasons or, like, allegations or something like that. Uh-huh. It seems like every time you mention that somebody has left a group, it, you've said it's because they were accused of being a bully. Yeah, and, like, sometimes it might be true, but, like, not always. Well, let that be a lesson to everyone that... Don't, don't be bully people. If you want to be a K-pop idol, don't bully people. Maybe just don't be a bully in general. Yeah, it's just don't bully cool. people. Um, but yeah, her name is Sujin. She is uh, South Korean. So that makes it kind of equal, I guess, <laughs> with the foreign to mm -hmm. South Korean members. Um, but yeah, she got kicked out on March 2022. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's somewhat recently. Yeah, did you say when they debuted? I didn't recall. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say that. Uh, May 2nd, 2018. With, oh, okay. With the song La Ta Ta. <laughs> La Ta Ta. Why didn't I say it like that? It kind of sounded robotic. I wrote down that their most song was Queen Card, but I believe it is actually I Want. Oh, since you've taken notes, yeah. they've had another song come out? I haven't actually listened to I Want yet, but like I've heard things of like them trying to diss La Seraphim because it was uh, something along the lines... Because it was a misheard lyric. Um, oh. It was something along the lines of like either... It started with I want either something about not wanting or wanting remixes, not something about Seraphim, like oh. La Seraphim. Mm -hmm. But it, it wasn't true. And I'm pretty sure the reason why people thought that was because La Seraphim did so many remixes of um, their song, Eve Sack and the Bluebeard's Wife. Mm -hmm. And so they were like dissing them for like having so many remixes of one song. So that's interesting. Yeah. Is that a thing that happens? Are there like rivalries between groups or between companies? Not usually. It didn't seem to me like it didn't. And not occur by to the groups themselves. Usually, just the fan groups that are the problem. Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like for example, Blackpink and BTS, or technically Blinks and Armies, are like being all competitive because it was like 
originally they were like perfectly fine with each other like they were friends and stuff but like they have all these controversies about like them being dating or something mm -hmm. and so people despise each other now for some reason i mean it is interesting to think about because i know that controversy sometimes gets attention and i guess i wanted to say sells records which i understand is the <laughs> thing that people really do anymore but maybe gets streaming airplay or whatever and given that k-pop is such a company driven genre it wouldn't have surprised me to hear that like in the same way that we talked about how they have like fictional narratives yeah they one of those fictional narratives could be like some kind of controversial like beef between mm. groups or companies or something like that in the way that like American hip-hop groups sometimes rappers have beefs against other rappers which may or may not be based on anything real it might just be for funsies well or to you know to create a narrative to get people interested yeah like, I mean the classic example of course is Biggie and Tupac mm. who that went as far as like they both ended up getting literally killed I don't know that it was necessarily because of that, because both of those murders are unsolved, but like it, the reality, of course, was that Biggie and Tupac knew each other and considered themselves colleagues and friends. Mm. Anyway, back to G Idol. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're under the uh, company Cube Entertainment, which is kind of famous for like letting their groups do like pretty much whatever they want, which is like pretty cool for k-pop groups because most of them have like constant security on them and like can very rarely do whatever they want mm -hmm. their uh fan group is called neverland oh okay neverland do you know why no okay do they have some sort of peter pan connection not really it would seem odd because you haven't stated so explicitly, but I remember us talking about it in the past that they have sort of a um, feminist... Girl crush? Yeah. I, I mean, we've talked about girl crush for sure, but like, yeah. it seems to me like from what you've said before, like they were more demonstrative about like their feminism than yeah. some of the other girl like, crush groups that we talked about. A lot more specific and like kind of a lot more in your face. Yeah. You know, the reason, of course, that I referred to Peter Pan was because Neverland was the place that Peter Pan lived in the yeah. story uh, of Peter Pan. But um, that is a very explicitly not feminist uh, yeah. story. <laughs> I mean, they're called the Lost the Boys. Lost Boys, and the only girl is Wendy, who was basically kidnapped to be their mother, which is a weird thing, but... That's a whole other story. We can't go down that rabbit hole. We've already gone down enough yeah. rabbit holes. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to show you the logo for them. Sure. Try reading that. It is a very difficult... I mean, it's graphically distinct. Yeah. So, like, if you're listening at home, go Google. What should they Google? G-Idol logo. It's definitely... See, there's the Neverland version. Hmm, interesting. It's got sort of a castle-y yeah. thing going on. But it doesn't look like those letters. Like, mm -hmm. I can see an I. Yeah, you, that one's like the most obvious, though. But uh, then again, maybe it's 
something that makes more sense in Korean characters. Doesn't look like Korean characters, at least from what I can read. I've never encountered any Korean characters that look much like that. Well, you would know more than I. Yeah. More things about, like, their kind of more extreme girl crush concept, I guess, is, uh, like, some of most of their, like, more recent-ish songs have, like, meanings, I guess, to them. Okay. Uh, like, for example, uh, Queen Card is like, you know, love yourself, you know, be confident in your own body, because, like, the start of it is Soyeon goes to get plastic surgery because, like, she doesn't like her face and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so then when she's under anesthesia or whatever, she has all these dreaming dreams, I guess, of, like, her and the other members, like, being all beautiful and stuff. And, like, so after that, in the end, she wakes up and then runs out of the place (laughs) before actually getting the surgery. And uh, their song, Nude, is, like, about, you know, speaking out against, like, sexual harassment and stuff like that and, like, men being inappropriate. Yeah. And, like, the whole song was, like, or the whole music video was, like, uh, Marilyn Mm Monroe-themed, which um, a lot of people were, like, talking about how, like, it's, like, related to Sujin because Sujin really likes Marilyn Monroe. And so, like, they have this little animated character that, like, you probably wouldn't really be able to tell who it was because it didn't have, like, very many, like, characteristics that you would, like, be able to pinpoint who exactly that was because it wasn't really Marilyn Monroe. But people thought because of, like, this um, mole, I believe, that they had, it was um, supposed to be Sujin in, like, the costume if she was still in the group. I see. And also in the song Tomboy, they open up the trunk of a car to show six balloons to meet the six members. Uh-huh. But in that in that time, there was only five of them. So the sixth one was Sujin. <laughs> so it shows that they still care about her even if she's not there. Oh. But yeah, and the song Tomboy um, is about like being yourself and how like men can't control them and they're independent women and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in the end of the song... They're like talking about the term tomboy, mm-hmm. and they say it's neither man nor woman, which I would disagree. It's mostly just a more masculine woman. Yeah, I, I don't know. How do you feel about the term tomboy, personally? I don't really. I've never really used it. Yeah, I, that term feels a little outdated to me now. Yeah. Uh, just because of the big changes that have happened in the language that we have around gender now. Yeah. I don't begrudge anybody using that to self-describe if that's what they want to. Yeah. But I would, my advice to you, not you specifically, Ari, but (laughs) you, the listener, speaking to you as an old person who is trying their best to learn about things, as we do here, uh, my suggestion would be mm, probably don't call people that unless they tell you that they want to be called that. Yeah. It's probably best to just like uh, let that one become a historical artifact (laughs) but yeah and so like their whole thing is like you know bringing power to women yeah and like saying things like you don't need a man to be amazing because you're amazing already yeah which is like kind of a big change from their concept earlier which was like you know generic girl group but not like cutesy cutesy just like kind of normal pop songs Oh, so they like more American pop songs ish. You think that they sort of evolved that over time? Yeah, I guess. Hmm. Okay. I mean, that's cool. And it makes sense, especially if they started in 2018. Yeah. You know, because that, I guess, was probably 
you know, I don't remember exactly, but it seems sort of concurrent with like the Me Too movement and mm -hmm. all that, which would fit in with, from my understanding of what you're telling me, sort of what they're talking about. Yeah. Because, like, this is kind of more recent because the song Tomboy, I believe, came out in 2022, which oh. is, like, kind of where, from what I've seen, like, started the their thing. Or, like, maybe it was a bit before that. I don't remember. I was just curious. I wanted to hear your opinion. I know that we've talked a little bit about this, but um, in K-pop there seems to be a lot of performative feminism mm. while there's still also a fair amount of pressure being put on female groups yeah so there's that's also kind like, of a conflict there's also like the thing of where sometimes the company sexualizes their yeah exactly idols. which is sort of contradicts that yeah, right? it's not okay <laughs> and, but also like there's a lot of feminism but also a lot of femininity mm, yeah yeah and i guess what i'm getting at is it doesn't seem like they make much acknowledgement of like queerness, for example. Yeah. And um, I'm sure that that is, well, I don't really know. What do you think about that? Cause like there've maybe been like at least one openly queer K-pop idol. And then there's like Ben Yunjin who's like doing things for like the, queer community where like she did the thing where she covered herself in paint and was talking mm -hmm. about how like she supports the queer community yeah i remember you telling me about and, that and like there's also like this thing <laughs> where there's probably many more like closeted queer yeah, sure. like trainees or idols that are like more scared to come out because like who knows what kind of criticism or like hate that they'll get because mm -hmm. like there's just like the thing of being queer in general and then there's like a queer k-pop idol is like even worse i guess well you know it might be interpreted as worse yeah but I, I suppose that that's coming from a korean cultural perspective yeah which i don't know much of anything about so i don't want to criticize anyone but it would make sense to me given that like I came of age in the 90s in the United States when there was definitely a lot of homophobia that was mm -hmm. ingrained in the culture, which has not gone away entirely, of course. Yeah. I need to be clear about that, but it's certainly made major strides, especially in the pop music world. Like, yeah. It used to be like, you know, I had peers when I was in high school who were like huge like female peers who were huge George Michael fans and had big crushes on George Michael, who at that time, I mean, he was always a gay man, but at that time he was closeted yeah, and remained closeted until like he was basically forced out of the closet. Mm. And, uh, you know, I myself was, as we've stated, I'm a huge queen fan mm -hmm. and, uh, like I can't think of anybody maybe more demonstratively expressing queerness through their performance than Freddie Mercury. Yeah. But even then, he never really acknowledged it or spoke about it openly, and uh, nobody really wanted to talk about it, even though, like, in retrospect, it's completely obvious yeah. to our eyes now. 
But um, now we have all sorts of folks being out and proud, which yeah. is great in, in American pop music. But I could understand how that might be difficult still in some parts of the world. Yeah, because like I myself am a queer person and I've like thought before of like if I was like a K-pop idol, like stuff like that, or like maybe I do want to be a K-pop idol, but that means that I'd like have to be put into all like the pressure to do all these things and like usually at a pretty young age yeah like to you know like be skinny be fluent in korean and all these things that like you're pretty much have to be or like don't actually have to be but it feels like you do yeah that is how things get changed though right is by people standing up to those yeah harmful stereotypes or whatever you want to call it um yeah because like if I were to become a K-pop idol, it would probably be, like, a very rare chance because, like, I'm not South Korean. I'm queer. There's, like, I barely know Korean. Sure. <laughs> and, and, like, there's also, like, you, you have to learn, like, Japanese and sometimes Chinese and, like, all other languages sometimes. And there's also, like, you know, the beauty standards that I'd have to fit in and I don't want to do like plastic surgery or anything because i could also be pressured into that right and, and also you barely get to see your family yeah a lot of people i think get lured in by the fame and fortune of it all but there's definitely trade-offs that are required and that's changed over time but like pop music has a long long history as long as the history of pop music itself of uh i'm saying queer as sort of a catch-all term and i understand that that's maybe not accurate yeah you know, but understand like what i mean is people throughout history have had to be willing to make the choice to hide who they truly are mm -hmm. uh, in order to pursue their goal of whether that is fame and fortune or artistic uh you know success or whatever it may be and for a long time there have been people who said that they were willing to you know hide that part of themselves in order to maintain their ability to connect with their fans and i don't blame anybody for making that choice and also there's like the problem of safety because there are quite a few like homophobic people and racist people that would like be willing to do very illegal things to people just because of who they are yeah and and that's true everywhere whether you're famous or not but it also makes it that much more possible when you are a public figure anyway i know that we kind of took that in a different direction and and yeah. uh i think those are important conversations to have but also this is a podcast about k-pop and and I think it's relevant to K-pop, but yeah. I thought that this particular group kind of lent itself to that conversation too, given that they seem to be very outspoken yeah. about specifically um, feminism. But yeah, but uh, feminism is about equality, and yeah, that covers a lot of territory. Yeah, and like another thing that like happens in K-pop, like with the whole queer thing is a lot of people call k-pop gay because like you know there's like men wearing makeup and mm -hmm. all these like traditionally feminine clothing and things mm -hmm. like that and like there's also the 
just relationships that they have with each other can be kind of questionable, but I depends on the group actually. I would sometimes like for example, TXT, they have a pretty close relationship with each other that might seem kind of gay. <laughs> okay. Which like I'm not trying to criticize them in any way or like make fun of them because I'm a big TXT fan, but like I wouldn't be surprised if like there are many K-pop idols that are like not out, but like you can kind of tell just yeah. based on like their behavior and their relationship with like their other members and stuff like that. Yeah, and Again, it's up to the individual how they want to present themselves and how they want to um, identify themselves. Yeah. I believe that everybody should be allowed to and encouraged to express themselves however they want to be. Yeah. And identify themselves however they want to identify themselves. But I also don't think anyone should be pressured to speak personally when they're a public figure if they want privacy you know people yeah. also deserve privacy so i guess bottom line just be cool everybody everybody just be cool yeah uh all right i appreciate you talking about that with me mm -hmm. it's always good to talk about that kind of stuff yeah but uh when it comes to g idol which is what we were talking about when this all started mm -hmm. Let's talk about some songs that maybe I might want to listen to. Do you have any written down? I did write down a few names that you mentioned. And the ones that I wrote down were, uh, I believe you said Queen Card, mm -hmm. Nude, mm -hmm. and Tomboy. Mm -hmm. Actually, Nude is spelled with an X instead of a U. That's good to know. That'll yeah. make it easier for me to find. But yeah. The funny thing is like... A lot of people think that the chorus in Queen Card is um, like full English, but it's actually not because um, it's I'm a Queen Ka, no D, because it's in Korean. Okay. Because Queen Ka is usually like, from what I can remember of somebody explaining it, is like the equivalent of like what you would call somebody in like the Mean Girls movie. Oh, okay. And so it just like translates to Queen Card. I don't know what the card part of it is, but like, I can yeah. kind of understand the queen part. Sure. The queen part seems fairly self-evident, but yeah. when you said queen card with a D, yeah. I guess the place my mind went was like a deck of cards. There's yeah. a card called the queen, like which... The queen of hearts or something like right, that. Exactly. Like something and so I Alice in Wonderland related. Maybe it was like a metaphor for like playing your cards, you know, like showing strength through like... Like, there's lots of card games where a particular queen is, like, a very powerful card. Yeah. So that's kind of where my mind went. But I guess I'll go listen to the song and see yeah. if maybe that helps me understand what exactly they're talking about. Also, like, another thing about Queen Card is, like, actually most of G-Idol songs are, like, kind of makes me laugh when, like, non-K-pop fans listen to them. Because, like, they say... Pretty much they say the F word in Tomboy, except it, they bleep it. Mm, okay. But, like, sometimes they'll actually do say it. Um, and, like, in Nude, the the name is, like, kind of weird in general. It's just called Nude. Yeah, even that... And, like, they say it multiple times in the song. It's interesting that you pointed out that the fact that it has an X in there, which mm -hmm. almost seems like a sort of a bleep, like a sort of a censorship Kinda, of the word. yeah. And also, like, the intro to it is, like, mostly what the song is about. Mm -hmm. And also there's, like, the start and the end of the song. I really like that part because it's, like, full English, so you would be able to understand it. And, like, the 
end of it is like also really cool because like one of the lines is like just speak out mm. but in korean but yeah i just it's a cool song with a cool message and uh with queen card they say like my boob and booty is hot <laughs> oh okay which like you know sounds kind of weird <laughs> but it's like about being body positive and stuff like that yeah and so like that makes sense to me but i wonder why they only just say the one the one <laughs> boob maybe they like one better than the other i don't know <laughs> um but you know like there obviously there's always going to be some differences in translation you know and all yeah that, but that's so. in full english well, we were talking about songs to recommend yeah um probably another song that i would recommend would be han in parentheses alone specifically because i believe there's like at least one or two of the songs called that with two ends in full Full capital letters, two N's, Han. Like like H-A-N-N. Yeah. Parentheses alone. Yes. Does Han mean something that I, because I don't know. Like, Not that I know of. Maybe it does mean alone. All right. The first thing I thought of when you said Han was Star Wars and then mm. The Fast and the Furious. Mm, yeah. The two most well-known Hans. In well, my I, opinion. I was going to say Han Jisung from Stray Kids, a.k.a. Han. All right. Um, that's that's fine. I stand by my <laughs> uh, assumption that those other Hans are probably more well-known generally. But for the purposes of this podcast, yeah, that one counts as, as a very popular one also. <laughs> I do like Han from Fast and Furious. He was my favorite character. But then he died, and I was sad about that. It's true. Yes. It, it was very sad. And I agree. He was a good character. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's a good list of songs. Yeah. For me to listen to. Mm -hmm. So if you have thoughts that you'd like to share about any of the stuff we talked about, maybe you have thoughts about the way that K-pop intersects with gender and sexuality like we talked about. Uh, or maybe you had thoughts on why Red Velvet were interviewing Fruits. Yeah. Or anything else that we talked about or yeah. anything else that's on your mind about K-pop or... Just questions about us, maybe? Sure. Stuff about us. You can even just... Uh... Give us some support in a comment. Yeah. Or maybe you just uh, want some life advice. We'll help you with that, too. Anything you want to talk about. Yeah. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. Mm -hmm. You can always comment on a YouTube video. You can send us an email at kpopforoldpeople at gmail.com. Other than that, I guess, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.